0: Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain, in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra.
1: Live from... I don't know, somewhere in Amsterdam, and the Gulf Shores of the United <laughs> States. Uh, international, uh, the international version of Gun For Hire Radio. Welcome to it.
2: Yes, episode 625. I just don't want to lose track of the intro. You know, the clock is ticking right now. Our um, Magban case, the assault weapons case, our carry case, because insurance is due July 1st. Um, there's all cases across the state that are ticking along here. Lower courts are split everywhere. Activist judges freaking out everywhere. But I still have hope the Supreme Court is our last bastion. And we're going to cover that in detail today. I will tell you that my buddy Mark and I, who've known each other since 1979, you know, we flew out here, uh, we landed in Amsterdam, and like eleven days later, we're flying out of Amsterdam. So we're gonna go to Bastogne, and we're gonna go to uh, the Hague. But yesterday, we went to Anne Frank's house. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Twenty-five months cooped up in there, you know, wow. and then and then to be uh, captured by the Germans and, and die of disease a month later. I mean, what a what a shame. Um, lest we forget. That's why we have things like this so we don't forget because history repeats itself even though the communists and the socialists in our country don't believe that, they just want to follow history over and over again. Uh, Interesting flight, flew out uh, United, uh, landed no problem. And, uh, you know, I carry my tactical pen everywhere. And this is Amsterdam. I don't really know deep down what the knife laws are, and I don't really want to find out. So I just, I I carry my pen, and uh, I feel confident with it. And I, I went a couple places where they had metal detectors and the pen... You know, hit and I show it to them and uh, I put it back in my pocket and walk away. But I can take somebody's aorta out with that pen, so <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, sure. it's, it's you know, other than my brain and my flashlight, it's just another level of security, mm. you know, uh, and I love it. So, yeah, so we landed in Amsterdam, we're leaving tomorrow. Then we go, Maastricht, then we go to Bastogne, then Luxembourg City, Orville, denot, then we go to uh, Brussels, then Bruges, then Rotterdam. Then Delft I'll buy my wife a little piece of blue and white delft stuff, I guess uh, we're going to go to The Hague as well, and then we're going to end up back in Amsterdam, but you know we go on these trips they're they're all of historic bent. we want to see museums, I want to see World War II sites, you know uh, World War I, whatever it may be so it's it's uh, which you typically can't do with wives. Uh, no, it's diff- this is a different kind of vacation than a wife vacation. This is two guys, separate rooms. You know, it's funny when we checked into United, uh, we're gone for 12 days, 11 nights, 12 days total. My bag was 32 pounds. His bag was 26 pounds. <laughs> okay? Now, if we You're were right,
1: traveling with our wives, I had we, we would have had two bags had, of yeah, hers right, that were
2: overweight. Right. And I would have had one bag of mine half filled and in a bag and a half of mine with her stuff in it.
1: Uh, After fighting for a week, to you yeah. need to leave that home.
2: <laughs> so we, uh, it's it's uh, it's worked out really well. Uh, this is a this we've gone on a ton of trips. We've been all over the world, and um, it's fun. We've known each other since 1979, Sandy. Wow, that's amazing. Forty four years, yeah. Wow. Marcus, sixty four. I'm. Uh, Wait, Marcus, sixty six. I'm sixty two. So when I met him, I was eighteen. He was twenty two. I met him in technical school. We both went to Lincoln Technical uh, Institute in Union. Oh, cool. Yeah, a hundred thousand years ago. Wow, that's how amazing. cool is that? That's totally cool. Yeah, the uh, the Amsterdam. You know, we we've been going off on our own on the our own beaten path. So uh, we're like, Look, I want to go. I want to walk the red light district. You know, so yeah. So they sell weed everywhere. There's people smoking weed. Everybody, but it's all concentrated in one area, right? So I finally, I said to a guy at a hat shop, I said, so, all right, so where's the street where all the windows, with, where with, with the window, the women sit in the window, you know, of the shops? Did he laugh? No. He says, it's one block behind us. <laughs> like we're walking around for like 20 minutes and it's <laughs> literally one block behind us. So, so he says to us, very nice. Uh, everybody here has been really nice, but I learned something new. You ready? It's 2013. Guess what? What? It's not the red light district anymore. What is it? It's the red and blue light district. Okay. And blue light doesn't mean it's a sale at Kmart for all you old codgers out there. (laughs) If you see a woman scantily clad with a red light, she's female. If you see a woman scantily clad with a blue light, she has a kickstand. Oh, get the fuck out of town. (laughs) Okay, Yes. yeah, there you go.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. so it's uh, a new... Uh, yes, they have thing. a new addition
2: to the yeah, no red addition. light district. <laughs> yeah. <this>, they <laughs> yeah. added a blue light category. Red and blue. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: so... That's good, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. I haven't met a crepe I didn't like.
1: Yeah, I know, I saw some uh, of those photos. Uh, oh, are great. My, oh yeah. my
2: God. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of you people like smoked fish. I'm not a huge fan, but... I got a smoked salmon sandwich the other day on a baguette. I would fly back here just for that. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, it was. A, you know, I'm trying to lean towards the proteins. I'd like to come home from a 12-day vacation and not be 75 pounds heavier like I've always done in the past. <laughs> you know, when you go home and you go to put your work pants on, and, and you're like, like "Oh, well, I, yeah, I can't. This I can't, is a problem. <laughs> well, what the hell happened?" So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been interesting. So, all right, let me, let's, I guess, well, you know, there's always good travel tips, like I cover in my book, and uh, so I'm going to uh, not get into that too much. Oh, I just closed the show prep, Sandy, so it looks like we can't do the show now. That's it. Yeah, I that's it. Home. You have to wing it. That's it. The show is over, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Thank um, you for
1: listening. We'll see you again next week. You know. and
2: Where the hell is the folder for radio? Oh, my God, this is embarrassing. I need a, I should have brought a, 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 an assistant with me. Right, I should get a PA. Yeah, you
1: should. Need, yeah, you should. Need, you need do need a PA? Yeah, I need a production yeah, assistant. Right? Should That's have had somebody drive. Anybody volunteered? Would be, to be for a, video, but the, we'll, they, we'll they go have with to
2: it. eat light and be willing to sleep on the floor, but beneath <coughs> my bed because I'm not getting your room.
1: And remove all the blue M and
2: M's. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I want to go over a couple of things. Mark Smith. Uh, if you don't follow Mark Smith, you need to follow Mark Smith. He's the Four Boxes uh, Diner YouTube guy. And he's a historian and a legal scholar and uh, wrote a bunch of books. But first, let me talk about my thing. So we talked about this many times. But in the Heller case, they said arms that are in common use are protected by the Second Amendment. And the Second Amendment extends to inside your home. Right. In the Catano case, common use, the judges said, could be as little as 200,000. So like AR-15s are common use. We can't we can't ban them. Right. In the McDonald case, we said that the two A, the Supreme Court said the Second Amendment applies to the states as well as the federal government. And then in Bruin, only guns in effect only gun laws in effect when the Second and Fourteenth Amendments were ratified have power. It's pretty damn simple. Yeah and you know history text and tradition so yesterday i'm in the rembrandt museum and i it's funny i took a picture there's a, a picture from 1644 in the rembrandt, rembrandt museum and there's 30 men in the photo and many of them are holding muskets and the title of the photo is the militiamen 16 i'm sorry 1643 and it's a painting, Militia Company of District 8 under the command of Captain Roloff Bicker, Bartholomew's van der Heist. This Civic Guard painting is a substantial 7.5 meter wide and almost filled an entire wall in the large hall of a gallery. Uh, the militia men were all lined up in static row and positioned by the latest colored clothing in the front and regular intervals, and most of them had muskets, which were standard carry for civilians at the time this is 1644 yeah and you know our founders left england and europe and they stole a lot of the wording of what you know our our our, our bill of rights and you know our um, free speech and persecution from religion and everything from all of those writings that go back you know To the 1200s, basically. Right, right. So you anti-gunners out there, go to hell. Okay, because history, text, and tradition, baby. Forget 1791. I just found proof going back to uh, 1600s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so uh, F you all. Anyway, uh, so here's another one. Mark Smith, this is very important, and this is for all of us. I want everybody to listen to this because I'm guilty of this. Mark Smith says important language lesson: when discussing ARs, AR15s, and AK47s and the like, please use the phrase "semi-automatic rifles" and not "modern sporting rifles." Now I'm guilty of that because I've been because I've been trying to get away from AR15 and AK. I always have been saying "modern sporting rifles," but here's Mark Smith's tact: Justice Alito and Kitano. And then Justice Brett Kavanaugh used the phrase semi-automatic rifles in talking about gun bans and semi-automatic handguns are already protected in Heller-Catano. It is best to use language from the Supreme Court whenever possible. He says modern sporting rifles is okay, but it is really an industry term speaking to technical import slash export issues unrelated to Second Amendment fights over gun bans. Yeah, good point. Right, so semi-automatic rifles is better. To illustrate my point, see what Justice Alito wrote in his Catano concurrence. This is uh, paraphrasing Alito. The Second Amendment accordingly guarantees the right to carry weapons typically possessed by law-abiding citizens for lawful purposes. While stun guns were not in existence at the end of the 18th century, the same is true for weapons most commonly used today for self-defense, namely revolvers and semi-automatic pistols. Revolvers were virtually unknown until well into the 19th century, and semi-automatic pistols were not invented until near the end of that century. Electronic stun guns are no more exempt from the Second Amendment's protections simply because they were unknown to the First Congress. Then electric communications are exempt from the First Amendment, or electronic imaging devices are exempt from the Fourth Amendment. So same thing. So he also wrote, we do not interpret interpret constitutional rights that way. He's absolutely right. So please, everybody, we want to use... semi-automatic rifles because they are i and what i always do too is i always show people a woodstock rifle compared to a black stock rifle yeah and i tell them it's the same thing right it, it's the same thing it's just what you're 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 criticizing one because of the color of it and the way it looks the cosmetics right? yeah. correct so uh semi-automatic rifles i got to remember to not use the term modern sporting rifle anymore uh, so everybody out there should should really do that. And again, we want to use the same language as the Supreme Court. So when it does come up, uh, we have protection. Mm. So it looks like the Supreme Court, Amy uh, Coney Barrett, got on the uh, the uh, the courts in uh, the the oh my God the Seventh Circuit. And she says, "What are you doing?" And she gave them a few days to respond for the National Shooting Sports Foundation case, where uh, the the judges in the Seventh Circuit basically sided with the state of Illinois, putting a complete ban on uh, semi-automatic rifles. See, wow. um, see what I did there? Yes, she did. You rifles. Sure did that. Okay, so uh, judge. Circuit Judge Frank Easterbrook in the Seventh Circuit of Appeals granted a motion to stay the preliminary injunction previously issued by Judge McGlinn in the case in, in a one-page decision with no explanation. Okay? No explanation. The Seventh Circuit entered an extraordinary one-judge order wiping away the Barnett injunction a mere two days later without even giving the plaintiffs a chance to respond. This is what they're doing in the Second Circuit as well. So, I mean, this goes right, slapped right in the face of the Bruin decision. Yeah. So, uh, as for Bruin, well, in this case, it's almost as if the landmark legal precedent simply doesn't exist. The Seventh Circuit simply referenced pre-Bruin decisions and sidestepped the first Bruin test, which then allowed it to conveniently ignore the rest of the text. Wow. In breezingly concluding that the firearms Illinois has banned are not even arms covered by the plain text of the Second Amendment... The district court in this case inexplicitly ignored the test that Bruin articulated and instead simply declared that the text of the Second Amendment is limited to only certain arms. Okay? The Supreme Court is now in a difficult position that we and others have reportedly about, uh, reported about incessantly. Bodies of rulings contrary to Bruin are popping up all over the country with virtually no end in sight and some even rising to the level of emergency p- appeal. Okay, The question now is, what will the Supreme Court do? Amy Cody Barrett uh, wants that judge to respond to her on why he did this without any explanation, without any reference to Bruin, why he completely sidestepped Bruin. So that's encouraging. So you know now we have Barrett, Alito, and Thomas between the 2nd and the 7th Circuit watching this. okay, Very, very important that you all realize that, that they're watching that. Meanwhile, on another court flip-flop, this is a great one you're going to want to hear. i da. Amsterdam, i <size>. sorry. <laughs> okay, Richmond, Virginia now. A federal judge in Virginia has ruled that a law-abiding A law banning licensed federal firearms dealers from selling handguns to young adults under 21 violates the Second Amendment and is unconstitutional. The ruling by U.S. District Court Judge Robert Payne in Richmond if not overturned, would allow dealers to sell handguns to 18- to 20-year-olds. In his 71-page ruling, Payne wrote that many of the rights and responsibilities of citizenship are granted at the age of 18. You can die for your country at 18, Sandy. That's right, you can. You can You can vote at 18. Yeah, that's right? right. You can decide that you can change your species at 18. Yeah, well, you can change your species at 9 now, so that's... Okay, well, legally, in most states. So Yeah. And the judge wrote, including the right to vote, enlist in the military without parental position, and serve on a federal jury. If the court were to exclude 18 to 20-year-olds from the Second Amendment's protection, it would impose limitations on the Second Amendment that do not exist with any other constitutional guarantee or right. That's right. The judge wrote, because the statutes and regulations in question are not consistent with the nation's history, text, and tradition. Oh, wow, a judge that read Bruin, okay? (laughs) They therefore cannot stand. He wrote, if the court were to exclude 18 to 20-year-olds from the Second Amendment's protection, it would impose limits on the Second Amendment that do not exist. I repeat that again. So So now we get a win, all right? We get a really big win here with an imbalance in the courts because the other liberal states, they want to take all the guns away from everybody. So I just I, I feel a disturbance in the force, and I know the Supreme Court is going to be acting. And uh, a lot of these states, they, 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 really should, they really should have just backed off until there's a change in the Supreme Court, maybe in 10 years or wh- whatever it may be, mm. because they're just going to keep losing, and they're going to just keep setting stronger and stronger case law. Well, which is I, going I to make it worse for them. Well,
1: I always been the left's uh, way of doing things, really. I mean, they've always pushed the limits, right? That's the tradition of the left. Uh, the radical left has done that because the left tends to be, by definition, radical. And they're pushing and seeing what they can get away with. And unfortunately... Um, Everyone else, including everybody in the mainstream, people who are just too busy trying to um, feed their family with skyrocketing inflation going on and the price of everything tripling, um, are just too damn busy to see what's going on behind the scenes and see that this is a coordinated effort to really make the Supreme Court irrelevant.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I was on Megyn Kelly's show many a times when she was with Fox News, and yeah. I always liked her. And I tell everybody that during the breaks, first of all, she's brilliant. She's an attorney. But second of all, during the breaks, very civil with everybody in the audience, talking, letting people take pictures. And the off-topic discussions were extremely intelligent. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, I got to get my hair or my nails on. She's, mm-hmm. she's the real deal. So she has her own podcast and everything. But she was on Newsmax and she wrote, this is great. She was on Newsmax with Eric Bolling and and she wrote, The pro-gun control people have lost and they refuse to realize it. And they get stuck every time arguing over something that's never going to happen. Not only can they not get a gun ban passed, but even if they did, it would be struck down by the current U.S. Supreme Court. OK, she's 100 percent right. Yeah. OK. And she's like, nothing we've done in the past has done anything to stop mass shootings. So why are we continuing to do the same things? OK. Yeah. And then she wrote, I'm sorry, but the jury's in. We are not getting guns out of America. And the changes we always default to debating in the wake of these things will will not stop mass shootings. It's time to focus on other remedies, okay? That's the truth. And I, I have to, and, and, I don't agree and, with her on everything, but I agree with her on
0: that.
1: You know, you have to approach it, you know, and again, as a scientist, uh, I, I look, I know that science, we're in a post-scientific era right now that science truly is dead. But as a scientist, typically you look at, you, you can't solve a problem that you don't mm. acknowledge. The first thing mm. you need to do is identify the actual cause, not not what what you perceive the cause to be. And unfortunately, uh, we're never gonna solve that problem because it's not a problem of the tool, like you and I have said for damn near two decades here. Um, It's not the problem of the tool because the tool changes and the problem exists still. It is a problem of society. There is some sort of evil in this world uh, that is growing by leaps and bounds, yes. and until we identify it and call it by name, it will not uh, be fixed. I mean, this the suicide rates among kids, the the, the hatred of ch- the, the attacks on children against other children. That didn't happen in in, in our old times. You know. It didn't happen back when we were kids. I, I, at the risk of sounding like my father,
2: you know, I'm observing, like whenever I travel, I observe and everything. And you don't you don't see the same level, like you know, of violence uh, in other countries. But you know, here's the deal: for past forty years, every time a tragedy happens, you're not taking my guns. We're taking your guns. We're taking your guns. You're not taking my guns. Back and forth, back and forth. No sitting down at a table. Look, at every time Every time the, the state of New Jersey has a, a gun control or a gun issue roundtable, they never invite anybody from our side. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't want to hear it. Right, right. But like she says, Megan Hill says, guns ain't going away. You're not getting rid of guns, so why don't we try to address the problem? And and she's 100% right. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with all of her solutions, and I don't have to. But I can hear her out. I could actually sit across from a table with her and debate this.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly.
2: I I would feel confident about it. And we know there's issues that need to be debated. You know, again, video games, the violence on television, desensitizing, hate for the country, hate for your parents, our education levels going down. People feel this hopelessness. You know, the COVID lockdowns for the past three years decimated kids, their grades and their scoring is so down. And like you said, we're taught now to hate our country, hate your parents, you know you can go to your pa- you don't have to go to your parents if you're feeling confused about your gender you can go to your teacher and the entire school will hide it from your parents. Yeah. That's not how it's supposed to work. No. But it's it's tough. Uh but yeah we we there is there are things that could be done if we would take the gun control off the table And sit down and dress up. But again, you know, when you have a billion-dollar pharmaceutical lobby and you have a a Mm half-a-billion-dollar food lobby, you know, and you're not making changes. No. You're you're not making changes. No. Uh, uh,
1: The issue is always going to be follow the money. It, yes. so no, no matter what it is.
2: What can we do as gun people? We can make sure that no unlawful person ever comes in contact with our firearms. We can make sure our guns are locked up pop- right. properly. They're right. not accessible to right. anybody who's unauthorized, especially children. There's, it is too cheap today to have an excuse that you didn't lock your gun up. It's too cheap to have quick access. You know, people that like the biometric. There's Vault Tech guys like me. I like V Line with the with the um, Simplex lock on it. That's, I cover that in my book, Ad Nauseam, Right? There's no excuse for a kid to get a gun. When I read about six year old kids bringing guns to school and fifth graders bringing guns to school, where are the parents? Who was the responsible person? Now, if the kid was working for a gang or drugs, that's a different story. But if there was a parent an irresponsible parent that left that gun accessible they need to start paying
1: you know one of the things i've found you know i've been living in the south now for about a year and change and uh it's not the first time i've i've lived in the south for many years back and forth and one of the things that i notice is Because of the freedoms that you have in many of the southern states, you know, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, wherever, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, um, many people take a pretty lackadaisical approach to storing their guns. Like, in, in South Carolina, if you don't have a carry permit, it is perfectly legal to keep a loaded firearm in the console of your car. Mm-hmm. Now, if you and I are up to nefarious acts and we want to get as many guns as we can, all we've got to do is break into cars and look in the glove compartment, and typically we're going to find a loaded firearm. Um, that's kind of irresponsible. And I battle with it because it's just, you know, is it is it just that, that Yankee mindset that... Um, you know, maybe some of the some of our listeners in the South can can answer this. And, and no, if your
2: kids it. don't have access to your car, if you're the only one with keys or whatever, that's or if you don't have any kids, that that could be different. But again, the car could get broken into and it can get stolen. Yeah, that's, so right. you do. And you that hear about issue. it all
1: the time. I it it is it's constantly. And 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 what's what goes on too is the same thing that goes on up in Paramus. They keep their damn car running and they keep it unlocked because they think it's. You know, perfectly fine. I mean, like the neighborhood I'm living in right now, they, there's no quote-unquote no crime. People leave their doors wide open. In fact, the neighbors are saying would say just the other day they're like, they they laugh at all the newcomers who come down here and shove their ADT signs. <laughs> <And> you, can, <laughs> you, can, you can tell all the transplants by, by the ADT signs because the rest of us we just leave our damn doors open. Yeah. Because you go open the door of any house here, and you're probably going to be able to walk in. I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs>
2: no, you know, uh, but yeah, everybody there, like your friends and family, great gifts are gun storage options, gun storage solutions. Yeah. If you if you live in, in my area, just just come into the range and uh, go into the gun store and go and down, see down the them. aisle. Yeah, yeah. You know we have we have a, a gun safe now. Sandy looks like a book, and you open it up and it has a, a little combination lock on it. So you can put it in a bookcase.
1: Oh, that's perfect. Yeah,
2: you know, uh, we sold out on one color. There were beige ones and black ones. One color we sold out. Luke had to reorder them, uh, and then we have the we have the thirty nine dollar lock box, and we have the five hundred dollar lockbox. But you know, and then we have free trigger locks. Like it's just it's it's inexcusable at this point.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: for it to happen. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm a firm believer that nothing happens by coincidence. So, all of a sudden. Senator Bob Menendez, a.k.a. Pumpkin, Pumpkinhead, <laughs> comes up. I guess he stopped rolling the grift, and uh, he decided he was going to you know, push for some legislation. So this is interesting, and I'm like, this is, this is a cover for something else. So Menendez and Newark Mayor Ras Baraka on Monday call for further efforts to stem gun violence in the United States. Oh. They can't handle their own state, and Baraka can't handle his own city, but okay, he wants to do the U.S., They echoed other calls in the days after a mass shooting in Texas, okay. Menendez called on the ATF to do more almost a year after the Safer Communities Act extended background checks for gun purchasers under 21 years old, okay. So he wrote, simply put, the ATF needs a plan. It needs a strategy. It needs to enforce the tools at its disposal. Yeah, right now all the ATF cares about is uh, uh, pistol braces, um. Which is bullshit, so I'm like, boy, that's weird, you know he's he seems to be back, he's been quiet for so long because you know he's on the, doing what he's doing, making millions, yeah, and what comes out the next day? New Jersey mayor subpoenaed in criminal probe of pumpkin head Robert Menendez. <laughs> Look over here. Look over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nicholas Sacco, who's by the way on our side with guns, bummer. The longtime Democratic mayor of North Bergen reportedly received a federal grand jury subpoena Wednesday. He was reelected Tuesday to a ninth term. See our government; course, they're all in cahoots the together. Matter. They waited. Well, they waited for him to the re-election before they subpoenaed him, yeah. so it wouldn't hurt his term. He's a ninth-term mayor, and he was in assembly <laughs> man for many, many years. Nine
1: terms. This is typical Jersey, right? Didn't we say years ago you should just take the wanted posters, like all the campaign posters, and make them wanted posters and put them on the front lawns? I mean, they're basically the same. They're just so freaking corrupt.
2: So while Menendez has been – I didn't even know this. While Menendez has been under investigation over a New Jersey meat company's exclusive contract with the government of Egypt to certify (laughs) halal exports (laughs) – Man, there's nothing he won't get his fingers exactly. in. Exactly. Oh, wait, but the newest subpoenas are for something else, diff- unrelated <laughs> to those allegations. And none of this shit's gonna ever go anywhere. No, no. And, and Menendez won his reelection. He was confirmed in October. So, and so and the investigation started in November. Oh boy, <laughs> it's all coincidence. See, it's all coincidence. And remember Menendez was previously indicted on federal corruption charges for allegedly helping a wealthy Florida eye doctor secure mm. government contracts in exchange for gifts. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in gifts. They they downplay it so much. Flying his private jet yeah. down to the DR with women whose whose ages were barely double digits. Yeah.
1: Uh, Barely was, double digits. With, uh, 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 allegedly, uh, Mr. Bill Clinton involved. on the, Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that's um, what, was it, what was subcine- the name of that plane? Was it something like Lolita 1, yeah. did they yeah. used to well, call it? Well,
2: Menendez, uh, I don't know if he's ever been on Epstein's plane, but Menendez used to go on the plane of Dr. Malugin. Yeah. who was uh, from Union City, very wealthy eye doctor, yep. who owned a huge piece of property, and he had a private jet. So they used to go to DR and say, bring the the women, yep. the little girls. Bring the little girls,
0: he allegedly. a little,
2: little place in Miami Beach yeah. also. Yeah, yeah. a little, yeah. little shack, I think. So, it was. But, but listen, he's a New Jersey politician, yep. one bonus star. He's yeah, a minority, two bonus stars. That's right. He's Giant a Democrat. Head, three bonus He's, stars. Yeah, three, pumpkin head, three bonus stars. <laughs> He's a Democrat, four bonus stars. He's been in office forever, five bonus stars. He hit the lottery. Yeah. Nothing will ever happen to him. This yeah, is all just chaff, okay? That's it, all nothing will ever happen to him. Nope. Six years from now, God willing, we'll be doing a show. We're going to be talking about Pumpkinhead's real <laughs> That's right, that's right. I wonder what his net worth is on $185,000 a year sold. Oh, yeah, you can guarantee it's, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit more than 185000 If anybody could Google net worth of Pumpkinhead, let me know. Please. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I, I, I would love to know. Let us know. Uh, you know, uh, this, this, is, this is pisses me off, and this is another case I'm going to watch. Patterson, a man and woman from Patterson, are accused of illegally bringing ten handguns across state lines in New Jersey, weapons that allegedly were confiscated in a traffic stop, right? The Iron Highway, right? They brought them up. Uh, Ashraf Abaredo, 28 of Patterson, and his passenger Martha Castillo Medina, uh, of Patterson, were charged with conspiring to unlawfully transport firearms and other gun uh, guns. So, what I'd like to know is uh, how much time. Well, they serve? All the guns had uh, what they consider standard capacity magazines. Okay, uh, so ten guns. Not bringing them up here for people to shoot at my range, right? We have ten guns that are going to be sold to criminals and gangbangers, and they're going to be used to kill people. And what do you think will happen?
1: Uh, let's right? say mm, nothing. They're, they're going to plead up. down. The, they're well. going to plead down the gun charges, probably, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, they'll plead down some of the gun charges. I bet you they get three to five, and maybe they do eighteen months in prison.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Can you hear me? I can hear you.
2: Okay, I just thought you were flipping in and out a little bit. Oh, that could be Man, just I thought, a, I thought. Can you
1: hear me now? Could be that big body of water between us.
2: So here's another one. You know, you don't need a gun peasant. That's what Phil Murphy would say. By the way, f- Phil Murphy, the uh, the jack-o'-lantern on crystal meth, mm. his approval rating is at an all time low. It's like at 34% or something. This is the guy with the hair plugs that's going to run for president, yeah, by the way. So he f- yeah. he's going to run for president. He fancies himself president, you know. Mm. Uh, it should be interesting. He's still holding on to like $5 billion of COVID money that he was supposed to use for small businesses, but he's using it for pet projects.
1: Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's not forget that the state of New Jersey was facing absolute total destruction and bankruptcy, and the best thing that happened to it was the Wuhan flu. Oh, we got so much federal money. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But what did they do with it?
1: Well, they bailed. Oh, let's see. Um, they took away uh, all of the health care for old people. and gave college educations to illegal immigrants. They created uh, sanctuary cities, now that they're complaining about. Uh, They expanded whatever welfare (coughs) programs they possibly could have, and uh, made a lot of gun control legislation.
2: You know, uh, hold on, Mayor Eric Adams is complaining that New York City and uh, Lightfoot and Chicago's complaining that they're overrun with migrants. But these are people said that they were sanctuary oh, cities, Oh, yes, they, they
1: did. Yeah, absolutely. We welcome you. We support you. We're here. We're a sanctuary city. That's when uh, Trump had control of the border. But now, um, pretty much, it's a, a free-for-all with more drugs coming across the border. If you want to talk about killing children... Um, how about the fentanyl coming over? I can just over? hear you. If you want to talk about killing children,
2: that's h- it. how about the uh, the fentanyl that's fentanyl. pouring across the, the border? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, in New Jersey, a Passaic man by the train station just started randomly firing a gun. Okay. Oh. Passaic Avenue in Lackawanna Ave, 6 30 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Just it was a handgun. Randomly firing it? Uh and the police came on the scene and guess what they shot him dead Mm. nobody there could shoot him dead because the city of Passaic has probably issued three carry permits (laughs) out of the 45,000 residents it's
1: it's very true you don't need a gun peasant yeah that's right we'll just wait 20 minutes we'll send the police
2: you don't you don't need a gun peasant We, we got you now luckily the Passaic cops they performed they got out there. They engaged him and they did what they had to do before some innocent might have gotten hurt, which is which is very important. And that's what they're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. But
2: exactly. you, they you know, what was it? Colonel Jeff Cooper said, I carry a gun because a cop is too heavy to carry. <laughs> that's it, a it's it's, it's true. true. That's true. That's, 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 you know, and that's, he also <laughs> when you need help in seconds, the police are minutes away. Yeah. We were very lucky that this guy didn't. Didn't shoot any innocent person. A woman getting on the train, coming going, coming home from work to feed her family right. in the overtaxed state of New Jersey. The governor and his wife and his kids, they don't have to worry about shit like that. They're protected 24-7. Right. They'll be protected forever. Right. Okay? Yep. So, you know, but us, no, we're not allowed to. We're going to make it as hard as we can for everybody. I have more talents to shame when we come back from the break later. Um, I, I'm getting a lot more emails from people that are shaming them, but we're just we're just're we're, we're in this position now where the elites just they don't want us to be able to protect ourselves they want us to f- be in fear so that we can look up to the government I always I, I, I equate it to the vision of the uh, the baby birds in the nest with their mouths open waiting for the mother to come to put the worm in their mouth yeah, yeah that's yeah. how they want us yep yeah, exactly right yep completely dependent right they want us in that nest looking up screaming. Yeah. For food, screaming for food. And mom comes down and gives us a worm and placates us and we're good for it until we're hungry again. Right. That's what they want. The only thing missing from that is they want us to do some kind of shitty menial job in the interim. That's one of the reasons why they're flooding the market with illegals. They're going to keep. Well, it's Democratic voters, communist voters, first of all, but they're going to keep wages down, migrant workers, a couple of uh, prominent uh, Communist Democrats have said that the part out loud. Well, we need people to mow lawns and clean our houses. They said it on TV. Well, you know
1: what the big problem is is if you take a look at um, the the war plans that China had for Russia. Uh, they're following this particular plan to the letter. China's plan to if Russia if they ever got into a war with Russia, was simply to send one million Chinese across the border every day until, to completely overwhelm the system. Just send them over there, have them uh, surrender their arms at a million a day. And China knew that by day five, Russia will have lost without China ever firing a shot. And that's exactly what's going on. This is Cloward and Piven, ladies and gentlemen. If you go oh, back yeah. and you read it and you hear, go back to the early shows, very early shows, and you'll hear uh, Anthony and I talking about Cloward and Piven. And it's exactly what is going on right now. Overwhelm the system to collapse it.
0: Diane Pruitt, founder, Guiding Rain's Equine Assisted Therapy for Veterans, First responders and their families.
3: Fight or flight, and that's where a lot of our veterans identify. They're in that hypervigilant fight or flight mode at all times. And so, when we're doing an activity, we do a lot of discussion about pressure. A lot of them don't like applying pressure. Well, not all pressure is bad. One of the little things that have come up is trying to get the horse to do an activity, and they're like, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to hurt him." And you know, you're not going to hurt him, just go for it, and. And then the aha moment is, is when they would complete an activity or a task, is then we'd say, does your horse look upset or pissed off with you? And they're like, no. And they're like, there you go. You are saying, you can't be in my face in my pocket right now. I need you to do a job. And the big thing is setting boundaries. For example, I had one participant and this horse would not leave her alone. He was biting at her, you know, shirt, even her pants Like He was going for her shoelaces and, Finally, I I said, "Um, are you okay with that? She said, I am. I said, okay. And you'd see her. She kept trying to listen to my instruction, and she kept kind of, would you stop it? You know, just, and finally, I said, what's going on here? And she's like, he's just aggravating me, and he's all over me and in my space and won't stop. And I said, "Um, does that go on in your everyday life? And she looked at me like I had hit her in between the eyes. And she just paused and said, Oh my goodness, I do. I said, Do you let people walk all over you? She said, Yes I do And it was the whole she doesn't set boundaries. She would just she just lets people of work, kids come at her, come at her, come at her until she just it was at a breaking point. And it's those little aha moments that she literally turned and looked at that horse like, You're totally being what's in my life And I said, Now, just take a moment and set your boundaries with that horse and let's come back. And literally that horse stood next to her and all but about fell asleep never bothered her ever again. So it's those little tiny just to get folks to identify versus us sitting there going, you have this problem and this is what you need to do to fix it. We don't address it that way. We let them address the problem. The horse will bring up the problem and address the problem with them.
0: You can keep this life-changing and vital program alive for veterans, first responders, and their caregivers. Won't you please help? 100% of your one time or recurring tax deductible contribution goes directly to transforming the life of a deserving, disabled brother or sister in arms. Let's not turn our backs on those who have given themselves to preserving our liberty and rescuing us from harm. Please join me and the scores of other veterans and first responders we are stepping up to help our fallen brothers and sisters. Go to GuidingRains.org. See what they're accomplishing and consider helping us save this program from extinction because if it disappears, so does hope for so many families just like yours. GuidingRains.org. G-U-I-D-I-N-G-R-E-I-N-S dot O-R-G.
1: Gun for Hire Radio is brought to you by Marty's V-Burger. Voted best house burger by Vegan News Magazine. Go to martysvburger.com. And don't forget to mention Gun for Hire for 20% off.
2: I got a last-minute addition to plug uh, the Roseland Police uh, Foundation, which we've uh, supported and had uh, um, events and fundraisers at the range numerous times for them. If you've never been to uh, Cucina Calandra on uh, Highway 46 East in Fairfield, you need to go. But on June 7th, they're having a Cigar Night, and it's going to have a buffet, unlimited beer and wine cocktails and cigars and uh you can google roseland police foundation um roseland police foundation at gmail tickets are 150 dollars a person there's going to be prizes and raffles i always donate memberships and stuff like that it's for a great cause they're a small department they're really active in what they do so again it always falls back to support those who support you and uh I think it's a great event. Uh, Tom O'Byrne is, uh, I believe he's the, the head guy for the Roseland Police Foundation. At least he does the most work for it, but uh, uh, great organization, great people, great cops, and uh, I'm gonna be traveling unfortunately. Tracy's um, niece is graduating uh, from college, so we have to go to Indiana, and th- that's when they're having the party because that's when the whole family can be there, so uh, otherwise I would be at the event. Uh, the food at Calandros Calandria's Kachina Italian is phenomenal. Now, don't forget U.S. Law Shield. Please, uslawshield.com. Make sure you use gun for hire one word when you register. It is not insurance. It's a legal defense fund that's good in uh, 49 states. If you live in the other state, which is New York, you need N-Y-T-A-C-D-E-F-E-N-S-E, newyorktacdefense.com. Peter Tillman. I just took somebody up from New York the other day. Uh, father had Alzheimer's. They took the guns away. They brought him to a different state and... Uh, the father all of a sudden became coherent again and called the police and was demanding his guns back. Mm. And now the child could be charged with a felony for the, taking the guns from the father's house and putting him in a different state. I referred my guy to Peter Tillam, one phone call, all the correct answers he got, signed up for NY TAC defense, and the problem was solved. $35 a month. So Perfect. think about it. Yep. If you mention gun for hire, you get 10% off a month. Decoding Firearms with John Petrolino is on Amazon, in the gun store, and in Kindle. Uh, My doctor is Optimal Health Wellness NJ, Optimal Health Wellness NJ, Dr. Joe Sampatero. For a few hundred bucks a month, or even less, you can have Concierge Medicine, Uh, he's one text away. Everyone that I've referred to Dr. Joe has been blown away, and their whole family ends up signing up. So uh, Dr. Joe can't tell me himself who signed up because of HIPAA guidelines. What happens is customers come in the range and go, "I signed up with Dr. Joe He is my <laughs> Juan who's at the range a couple of times a week shooting from Bergen County. He loves Dr. Joe. We just love that we we just have this relationship that you can call and text and and get the answers. Tracy has been very happy with him too, so uh, we 're very happy.
1: It truly is the future of medicine, the way medicine is going right now it 's just yeah. really horrible. You do want to have a personal physician who is you know and i hate to call it concierge medicine because what he does is so much so much more it is it's really a personal it's like having your own personal doctor yep and it is um you know it's like being you know best friends with a doc you know in you, a
2: in a big doctor's office each doctor has to have at least 2500 patients yes just that, to make it work 2500 yep. right Right. How do you remember 25? I have 140 employees. It's a tough to remember their names. Yes. Imagine 2,500 people. What could be missed? Yeah. When my, before my doctor passed away, Dr. Klukow, Stanley Klukow, I had him for almost 40 years. My folder was a foot thick. When he sat down in the office, he would say, let's review. And he would go back months and years to see mm. what the trends were and stuff. What doctor today with 2,500 patients is gonna do that?
1: You just don't have the time. Every Physically time I do a
2: Zoom happen. call with Dr. Joe, he goes through my whole file. Yep. From beginning to end. I've been seeing Dr. Joe for about five years now. He had an office before he decided to go concierge. So please, when you get a chance, check out Optimal Health Wellness NJ. And if you're happy with the services, let me know. If there was a problem or something, let me know. i kick his ass. <laughs> lake island rifle and pistol club .dot org. lake island rifle and pistol club in Carteret, new jersey is looking for junior rifle members between 12 and 18 years old to learn firearm safety and to compete in small bore and air rifle competition for more information visit LAKEIS.org. if you happen to be in scotch plains check out zen float center zenfloatcenter.com tell sharon decker i said hello I pointed out to Mark yesterday, we were in Amsterdam. I said, check it out. There's a couple of float centers in Amsterdam, too. Pretty cool, you know? Wow. Uh, My buddy John in uh, Monmouth County at Aberdeen Guns. John, I just heard about a new Portuguese restaurant that opened up in Aberdeen, okay? Uh, I need to know more information. The chef is all tattooed up. He's been on Food Network and everything. I need some info on that because I may have to come down to your shop to deliver a gun. We'll trade guns or something that customers are looking for. And I might have to reciprocate and take you out for a little Portuguese food. So please have your people call my people (laughs) and everybody else out there. Go to Aberdeen Guns in Monmouth County and find that Portuguese restaurant and report back to me promptly. (laughs) Okay, now I'm going to kick somebody's ass here. I I think I'm going to kick somebody's ass. Uh, Steve Churchill. Steve Churchill, so excited to have you as a keynote speaker at our Friends of the NRA Gala, October fifth. We sold a lot of tickets so far, and if we and if we did nothing more, I expect a three hundred and fifty seat sellout by September first. However, I would love for your radio audience to get a chance to buy tickets. Would you kindly start advertising on the program? Uh, where's where has he been? Right. <laughs> I've been advertising it on the program for two months now, at least. At least two months. I think more than that. So he says, I will personally donate two tickets, 250 value, to somebody in your audience as a prize. Thank you, Anthony. Steve Churchill. Steve, you're dead to me. (laughs) You know, instead of me as the keynote speaker, I'm bringing Ahmed the terrorist in. (laughs) Silence! (laughs) I kill you! So, and go to, sword, yes. Yes, go to friendsofnra.org, click events. It's going to be at Biagio's on October 5th, 2023. Now we all know Steve Churchill doesn't listen to Gun for Hire radio. You know what, Steve? Next week, why don't you send me an email in and ask me when, uh, where you can get insurance for your gun, your carry gun. Okay? Oh, man, I'm going to shame you at that dinner that night. I will be there, and I will still be the keynote speaker. <laughs> but he won't well, know that. No. Also, the clock is ticking. July 29th, the CNJFO slash DC Project fundraiser. Uh, Assemblyman Brian Bergen, J-Factor, and the keynote speaker is Bill Spadia. The tickets are on sale, and it's going to be at the Mansion on Main Street in Voorhees, New Jersey. Please support those who support you. Another big one just started again, ladies and gentlemen. I just made my huge yearly donation to Knife Rights. Go to kniferights.org, kniferights.org, click on it, and the ultimate steel raffle is there. Last year, I won three knives, okay? The more tickets you You buy... You win every year. Yeah, but I I, I make a $1,000 contribution, which gets me 100 tickets, and it puts me in the bonus drawing, and it puts me in the early bird drawing. But in defense of them, they give away... Over a hundred knives. Yeah, they do. And guns and other yeah, things.
1: They give away a ton of stuff. So in, de, in
2: defense of, of them, they, they're, they're hardworking people. So go to kniferights.org now and buy the tickets. Post it on your wall. Listen, they are the NRA of edged weapons yep. and tools. Okay? They sure are. The Second Amendment covers all weapons, including them. You know, Sandy, uh, Wall Street Journal every week has been really great. There was a great uh, commentary by uh, David Bernhard that the deep state is all too real. Congress and the courts have shirked their duty letting bureaucrats make and interpret laws. This ties into last week when I talked about the Chevron deference. Mm. When that Supreme Court ruling comes out this fall after they hear it in the summer, if it goes our way, which I believe it is with the current court makeup, all of these alphabet agencies are going to lose the power to make laws. But the bureaucrats that decide what really gets done, you know, the permanent culture and the permanent salaried people in Washington DC they run the country
0: Absolutely
2: they, No they, question they
1: about it Absolutely no question about it Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: You And know, uh, well, I, you're, you're, I I might know something about that
2: I know you do. So under the Chevron Doctrine, uh, courts generally defer to the executive branch interpretation of the law, both in regulatory and enforcement proceedings, okay? So if we get rid of the Chevron Doctrine, this is going to be really good because uh, this guy was in government in 12 years and in his view, he says the bureaucrats just run everything. The three branches of government are basically non-existent, okay? uh and a uh, great article to read let me just so you guys can google it it probably won't be behind a paywall anymore but it's called the deep state is all too real and it's a commentary by david bernhardt spelled the same way as sandra bernhardt uh, uh very very good read and um it just uh, it's just gonna knock some wind out of your sail uh because it kind of sucks so listen to this i got a couple of letters before i get into learning uh, regards from a long lost friend. Just listen to your latest episode 624 where you mentioned Richard Dreyfus regarding the Constitution. I recently listened to the podcast of Bill Maher at Club Random, which is easily found on the Internet. He happened to have Richard Dreyfuss on as a guest where they talked about the state of today's education in the Constitution. I'm quite sure you would find it fascinating. Despite Richard's oddball behavior, he had some interesting things to say. Check it out. I am presently living in gun-friendly Boiling Springs, South Carolina. (laughs) Don't come down here. It sucks. Major (laughs) retired Douglas Allen Viet. Doug, Doug, I miss you, Uh, big guy big Hawaiian shirt guy I hope your I hope your health is well in everything and um, I'm glad you moved down to a free state
1: yes greetings from a former Landrum uh, resident
2: yes uh, this is from James Hunter short one hi Anthony just wanted to wish you a happy and safe trip respectfully James Hunter thank you James head on a swivel baby sit with my back to the wall keep an eye on everything that's going on Uh, This one's from Ryan Henry. Good afternoon, Anthony. I have some good news regarding my carry permit of East Hanover in Morris County. After 257 days, my carry is ready for pickup, and I'm currently traveling for work and will grab it once I get back to New Jersey. I look forward to the Gun for Hire show every week. Thank you again for everything you do for the two-way community. We will keep fighting to make sure this process is better. You are truly the tip of the spear. Ryan Henry, 257 days. Ron Davis, Ron Davis. you told me East Hanover was good, Ron Davis. Yeah, what happened there? I want a written report. What I think what happened to this guy was his might have been caught up in Morris County courts. Anybody in East Hanover that has applied for a carry permit post-December 22nd that went through just the police department, I need feedback from you. How long has East Hanover been taking? I need feedback, please.
1: Yeah, you're probably right, too, because that was an issue with... um with the court system when the judges were involved that yeah. was a big problem they were yeah. slow so walking be- before
2: everything. I rip into East Hanover I want, I want the facts I have another town I don't want to bring up yet because this gentleman is waiting for his carry permit and it's a small town and I'm afraid there'll be re- re- repercussions yeah, okay um, so I'm, I'm saving this one I told him the day your carry permit is in hand let me know and I will unleash the beast okay this one's from Marty L hi Anthony and Phoebe Want to, want to let you know that my wife went to pick up our daughter at Starbucks wearing a gun-for-hire hat. The manager chased my wife out and said, we do not approve of having guns at this store. What? My, yeah. My daughter ran out and said to him, that's my mom. And the manager, she let it go. Therefore, we will never have Starbucks again. I'm only telling you now because she no longer works there and she left for better employment. Okay. Also, with this email, I want to say that my wife and I are gold members and we love Gun for Hire. We drive 45 minutes to get there. Uh, Would you please build a place closer to us? Marty L., thank you. Marty, I'm 62 years old. I'm not building no new places. I just want to keep the quality of Gun for Hire. Thank you for commuting. So, Marty... Corporate Starbucks is anti-gun. And for a manager to come out and say we don't allow guns here because she saw the name gun for hire, that's not her job. You guys oh, right. are protected under the First Amendment. She should be fired. Now, many of you years ago would remember when Starbucks first came out as anti-gun, where they said they would not allow concealed <clears throat> weapon holders to carry guns in their stores somewhere in the Midwest. Do you remember that, Sandy? Yeah, I do. I started a thing where I used to go into Starbucks and I would order um uh, unsweetened uh, iced tea. And when they ask you your name, I would say, my name is Pro Gun. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes, I do. And then the girl, I would step back and the barista would say, uh-huh. uh, uh, I have a, a, uh iced tea here for Pro Gun. And I wouldn't respond. And she'd go, uh, who's a Pro Gun? And I would go, I'm pro-gun, and I would walk up and get my iced tea. So I did that. I did that probably 20 times, Marty, and it worked like 15 times. Sometimes they wrote it wrong. Sometimes they pronounced it wrong. But I went to Jersey Gardens with my significant other, the mall, one day, and I did it, and the manager freaked out and threw me out. (laughs) <laughs> and I had a long discussion with the manager in the hallway that he can't throw me out because I'm protected under my First Amendment rights, just like he has First Amendment rights to tell me he disagrees with me, but he can't throw me out of a restaurant because of the name that I use. So, But for a long time, a lot of Gun for Hire alumni were posting photos holding up their coffees and their yeah, iced teas yeah, and their we're iced pro coffees. Gun Remember, with pro-gun written on it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might want to try it if you have, want to have a little fun. But, you know, it would be these innocent baristas. They'd be like, who's pro-gun? And I'd be like, I'm pro-gun. And 30 people <laughs> sitting in the place, you know, because they work there, because that's like their office or something. Yeah. They'd all be staring like, you bastard, you're pro-gun bastard. Right. We hate, we hate <laughs> your guts. We hate your guts. Yep. So, so talking about some learning, you know, I carry my pen everywhere. I keep a, a I keep a a couple of cheap knives in my shaving kit that I check my luggage in, and uh, you know if I travel domestically where I can't I don't have a gun or anything you know I, I I carry the knife on me but because I'm in a foreign country you know I don't know we're going into we went to the Rucks Museum today if they had a metal detector what if they took my knife away or what if they called the local police right. So rather than play with that inter- interpretation, I just bring my tactical pen. And again, I have my flashlight on me and I have my head on a swivel. You know, there's only so much we can do to protect ourselves and our family. Otherwise, you just might as well stay home, right? So I love that I read uh, safety tips from the book for travel last week, because here's a great one that comes from uh, a listener, Rick. And... uh The first thing is, he agrees with me, my peeing comment. I always, when they announce, you know, we're getting ready to land, I always get up and I pee. Uh, because the flight could be delayed in the landing, could be delayed trying to get a gate, could be delayed pushing off. So I also pee right before we take off as quick as I possibly can, like before. Now, so Mark and I were getting on the plane, and we both just had a carry-on, like, a, like a, my, my side, my sling bag, right? My mm-hmm. crossbody. I didn't have to have anything going in the overhead bin. So I get on the plane last. There's no reason to sit on the plane for right. an hour, right? right? So while the plane is boarding, I went and peed. And I'm watching the line, and I get, I get on the plane last. And all I'm doing is I'm sitting down with my pack safe, MERS, so it's not like I care about the overhead bin or anything. Well, our plane was supposed to take off 6 p.m. Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time. It took off 7.25. Oh, no. Nice. Because North nice. Airport was busy. Yeah. Now, what if I didn't pee? Right. And People were asking mm-hmm. the, the flight attendants mm-hmm. if they could get up to pee, and they said no. So they had to wait like over two, two and a half hours. If you board it right away, it was two and a half hours. I can't wait two and a half hours to pee, especially if I drank a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's one tip. So, you know, Rick agreed with me. He says, I always pee as soon as I hear the announcement to return to your seats. For those that didn't listen last week, it's because when I get off the plane... I don't, the first bathroom right off of your gate is always packed with everybody who got off the plane, first of all. The second thing is, I want to get down to the carousel because I want to be there when the bags start coming off so my bag doesn't get stolen. But here's a great tip from Rick. You know, I always carry the, I carry a hardball, a baseball hardball with signatures on it, and I carry a a pair of black support hose in my bag because if shit goes sideways on the plane, I can slide that hardball in that support hose sock. And I can swing that thing around like a mace and knock people out. Matter of fact, multiple people at a time. <laughs> yeah. You know, wheeling this thing around like a, like a helicopter. <laughs> pop, 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 popping everybody out. But this is a great one. He goes, uh, Anthony, in listening to the baseball slash soda can comments, here is a fun one. For domestic spli- flights, you can travel with a corkscrew in your carry-on if it doesn't have a knife unsure on international he goes think about that the knife is almost one inch and the corkscrew can be put inside your fist and protrudes almost two inches crazy right they will even inspect the corkscrew but they will let you bore with it i reported many years ago rick you can also get on a plane with a screwdriver if it's under seven inches long (laughs) i've never tried it because i do not feel like missing my flight exactly i do not feel like tsa googling me (laughs) yep When they detain me and seeing my name come up and all the advocacy stuff that I do. And I'm never getting on a flight. Yeah, you're No. But if I was a guy who repaired (laughs) copiers or something, I would carry on a small toolkit with screwdrivers under seven inches. So, but here's a great fun tip. Other fun things you can carry on your plane. Zip ties, a spork, small multi-tools as long as they don't have a knife, and paracords. They will inspect the multi-tool to make sure you don't have a knife. But here's a great one. As to your sitting-in-the-bathroom comment, here's your pro tip. Bring a roll of toilet paper in your pack. This way, you don't need to pull one square at a time from the airport dispensers. Leave the roll behind when you're done. That is phenomenal. That is a phenomenal tip. Somebody else sent me a CD tip. I can't find it. They put a, a compact disc in their bag in the case. So you for all you oldies out there, you you know your Bay city roller C D that you have, S A T U R D A Y Knight. This is a great idea. If the shit goes sideways on the plane, you can take that C D out of its case Snap and it, break right? it in half. Yeah. And you've just created a serious edged weapon. I don't, I cannot find for the life of me in this traveling who sent that email. Please, 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 I, I need you to re, re-email Anthony at Gun For Hire. I just think that is a phenomenal uh, tip. Remember, you can't carry um, mace or pepper spray on a plane, domestic or international. They will take it away from you. If you were going to put something like that in your checked bag, put it in a Ziploc bag, please in case it was to pop you know when it goes through you know the cabin pressure and stuff when it's with the luggage mm. the last thing you want is all of your stuff covered with pepper spray oh, yeah. you know when when you land uh there's just little tips like that i i actually carry a a package uh, i carry a one gallon zip slide ziploc bag that has like three-gallon Ziploc bags inside of that and, like, five-quart Ziploc bags inside of that in case I buy something and I want to bring it back home with me, you know, yeah. like a small memento that looks like a little wine bottle or something, a gift for somebody, I want to put it in one or two Ziploc bags, too. Just, you learn, suspenders in a belt as as you carry on. But So Mark and I, we landed in Amsterdam at about 9 o'clock in the morning. We're supposed to land about 7 o'clock in the morning even with the tailwind we were going 625 miles an hour land speed that's pretty good right sandy yeah pretty good and so we landed about nine o'clock and you know i peed right before they started the landing procedure and you know we we got a gate right away but the airport we had to walk i don't know about 47 miles and go down two levels to baggage claim wow and sure as shit as soon as we got down there, bags started hitting, the baggage claim. Wow. And the third bag was Mark, and the tenth bag was mine. Wow. And this airport, you know, this airport's loaded with people. It's a, Amsterdam is a huge airport, and I don't want my shit stolen. How am I going to handle that in Amsterdam? I'm going to go to the local police and say my bag yeah, was stolen. Right, oh, yeah, right. that's, uh, that's, that's great. What a great way to ruin the trip. So we got our bags right off, and then we Ubered uh, to the hotel and yes I ubered and yes I called AT&T and made sure I had a $10 a day international plan it's not like the old days where you had to buy it for 30 days so I have a call and text plan for the 11 days we're here these are little things that you have to think about I'm carrying my phone and I got a battery charger with it every everywhere I go Um, so little things like that are extremely important when you're traveling for the safety and health, health health and welfare of your family you know I have this pack safe and uh, I'm really, really, um, uh, I enjoy it so much, you know, because I can lock it around things when I'm sitting down so somebody can't come by and grab your bag and run away with it. It gets tired carrying a cross-body. Ladies, I don't know how you carry a purse all day. But so, like, Mark and I sat down to lunch, and my chair has these exposed arms. I take off one side of the strap has a, a locked clip on it, and I unclip it, and I put it around the chair, and I lock it to the chair, and then I put the pack safe between my legs while I'm sitting there eating. Because you never know; you get distracted. Somebody grab the bag and run away. Yeah, right? sure. If they grab the bag now, they're going to be the chair is going to be attached to it, <laughs> and I'm on the chair. Yeah. And I can tell you one thing here: without GMOs and steroids and all kinds of fake food stuff, here the average man in Amsterdam weighs about 140 pounds. <laughs> so that man running with my bag with me in the chair. He's going to dislocate his arm. His shoulder's <laughs> going to come out of the socket because I ain't moving. Okay. Um, that's a body dad, in that's motion right. tends to stay in motion. That's right. right? Yeah. And so, a body uh, at rest tends to stay at stay rest. Stay at rest. Exactly. And, uh, and I outweigh him in that category. So it's interesting um, that, you know, to make these observations. And again, you know, mo- a lot of people think when they're on vacation, criminals are on vacation. But there's a whole sect of people who make their living off of tourists in vacation spots. Absolutely. So we took an Uber to um, Dawala, which is the red light district, and our Uber driver says, You can't get into the red light district with a cab. I'll drop you off in the outskirts, and you walk through it. He says, Please beware of the pickpockets. They're everywhere. They work in two, three, four person distraction teams. Wow and i'm like okay i'm good with that and uh you know i got um, my pack safe is over my arm uh over my shoulder and uh, my money is in my front pocket you know i have nothing in my back pockets my phone is in my front pocket and i'm wearing these travel pants the pockets zip closed so uh which are really nice and uh, they're really ultra ultralight material so again watching everything i noticed uh groups of people walking like two or three people and a lot of them in the groups they had women that were very very good looking with their cleavage hanging out and i saw this same phenomenon like five times and i said to mark i said put your radar up on that i got a feeling that these are shoplifting teams yeah where they distract the guys because you know they want to look everybody wants to look in the windows with where, where the prostitutes sit You're not allowed to take pictures of them or anything. But as a distraction, here's these women. And a lot of them, you know, they had this cleavage that was so low... You know, there was not much left to the imagination there. And, you know, when I was 22, 23 years old, I would have got dragged into that distraction. Oh, you betcha. And probably lost my wallet, my credit card, and my passport. Right, right, right. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, so these are the things that you have to really be careful of. And, again, we were head on a swivel. And everywhere I went, I'm sorry, cab drivers, but I didn't take any private cars. There's Like when we left the airport, you know, you need taxi, you need taxi. No, you know. I had an Uber, Uber Black. I picked, which is like five euros more than a regular Uber, but it tends to be a more qualified driver in a black Mercedes E Class or whatever. You know, this is like a trip of a lifetime for most people. So, you know, five euros here, ten euros here, to separate you for your safety, health, and well-being, I think is is extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, so wow, that was quick. Uh, Listen. instructor training schedule just put out on our website with Chuck Laurent the famous Chuck Leonard, and Tony put up all his other training. We bought an estate, Sandy. Total estate was 800 guns. We're releasing them 250 at a time. Oh, we just released 250 guns, and uh, they're all in a store. Do not call or email for pricing or descriptions. If you want to see them, come in and look at them. Don't text me or call me either. Come into the store and look at them. By the way, for people that don't think money mailers work, We did a money mailer in Bergen County, and we secured 850 guns from a money mailer in Paramus. We pulled out of a house, 850 guns from a money mailer. Oh, man, that's (laughs) incredible. So come on down. Support those who support you. Love you all. I think the next show I will be uh, broadcasting from Brussels. Brussels? Yes, I think I'll be broadcasting the show from Brussels, okay? Included so with sprouts. So my people to your people, I will see you next week. Love you all.
1: Well, looks like you've done it again. You wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a kind of think media production. The music used in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, the world traveler, Anthony Calandro, <laughs> author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game, which he did not mention because he's too busy flitting around Amsterdam's yes. red light, red and blue light district. Yeah, I need now, a blue light. But when he is back in town, you can get his book anywhere. Actually, you can get it when he's out of town at any place good books are sold or at the gun shop, bookshop, gun range known as gun for hire. And from time to time when he does come back of his world travels, he might endorse it for you. Never. Never. We love you guys. (laughs) (coughs) From somewhere in the world, God willing, Jesus Tarries and the batteries hold out. We will see you again next week.